Hey everyone, thanks for visiting for WeddingPhotographers.com. I'm Luis Torres. So, tis the season, so I've actually been getting a handful of emails from photographers who have either just booked their first wedding or some have actually gone ahead and captured their first wedding in December, January, or earlier this month. And, you know, for all of you guys who are embarking on this great adventure that borderlines craziness slash absolutely amazing fun. Uh, you know, I remember when I shot my first wedding, I was so nervous. It was insane. Uh, and I mean, you'd have to go back to some of my earlier podcasts or episodes where I kind of, you know, went into some of the details. But for the most part, I shot way too many photos. I think it was about 5,400 photos, 5,500 photos. I literally shot the entire wedding day uh, almost like a videographer. You know, it, it, it was absolutely amazing. It was super fun. I overshot, but it was fine because I was nervous. I didn't know what to capture. So I just captured everything. I mean, it's, it was insane at how many photos I took that entire day. And in the end, you know, looking back, uh, some of the things that I wish I had known, which I guess, you know, and it's funny because uh, I try to pose my couples now, and back then I didn't, and I, I did actually very little, if anything. And what's funny is that this bride, my first bride was actually a model uh, like 10 years beforehand. So she was just like, hey, you know, I'm going to sit down like this on on the ground and I'm going to have my husband sit down over here. And I was just like, that looks perfect. So, you know, I just happened to be lucky that the photos that I took came out as good as they did. But really, I, I didn't really have much to do with that. It just so happened that I was lucky to have a bride who was really good at posing. And she kind of just knew how to pose her husband. And all I did was press a little button. Um, but, you know, it, so if you're going ahead and you're going to be shooting your first wedding or you booked your first wedding, or you shot your first wedding, um, you know, uh, it's going to be years from now before you realize, like, hey, I really need to start focusing on posing couples. So if you haven't, if you haven't captured your first wedding, or if you did, uh, then you probably realize, like, hey, you know what, I kind of missed out on a few things. Uh, but seriously, you definitely want to go ahead and try to practice posing couples. And if you haven't captured your first wedding, it's absolutely awesome because, you know, just grab a, a couple that you know and just say, hey, do me a favor, come over here. And seriously, go you know, check out uh, some wedding photographers' websites. Go check out Harper's Bazaar magazine. Just grab whatever you can and, you know, take a look at, uh, just look at how people are being posed and incorporate that into your wedding photos. And, and that's how, that's really what's going to help you separate yourself early on from someone else that's starting right out of the gate. And, you know, I, I'm able to see that now years later. Uh, and, you know, some photographers who's, who, who have just captured their first weddings in the last six months, you know, I can look at their work and I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they were thinking is, you know, I don't necessarily want to, um, you know, in incorporate myself into what someone's experiencing. But at the same time, you have to remember that these couples want those posed photos. So if you can pick up on that early on, then awesome. If you can't, don't worry about it. It's eventually going to click. And the way it's going to click is you're going to see all of these other photographers in your area posing. 
And I probably didn't really pose couples for the first year and a half that I was shooting. Then I realized, you know what? I really need to start getting into this. Oh, look, there's an orange tabby in my backyard. Uh, okay, so, so that's one, you know, is posing. Just try to practice posing couples so when the day rolls around and you're shooting your wedding, whether it's your second wedding or it's your very first, you're, always, you're just going to be ahead of the game. Uh, another thing is batteries. Super important. Um, since the word go, I've always had at least a dozen batteries. Not that I need a dozen, not that I ever need more than three or four, but just in case, you know, I, I, I have a bunch of uh, cameras now, uh, so I always overdo it on batteries, but again, it's, you know, better to be safe than sorry, uh, along with your AA batteries for your flash. Uh, to this day, I still go ahead once I get to the bride's house, I will put brand new batteries in there. Uh, if the groom is nearby, I'll go and take photos of the groom. Once I get to the church for the ceremony or wherever the ceremony is, I put a brand new pack of, uh, brand new pack of batteries in there again. Uh, then again, I put brand new batteries uh, once I get to the reception. You know, you never want to get stuck with, you know, all, all of a sudden like, oh no, my flash isn't going off. Or even worse, it's going off but it's recycling and it's taking so long because the batteries are dying that you're missing the bride walking, you know, here's the ceremony. They've already, they've had their first kiss. You took a bunch of photos of the bride and groom uh, uh, having their first kiss. Now you're backing up out of, the out of the church and your flash isn't working and you only have 100 feet before you guys exit the church. And if your name is Lewis and you happen to be lucky... You quickly change your camera to RAW, you change the ISO to a million, and you start shooting, and you just hope for the best and fixing it later. That happened to me once in my life, and after that, that's when I went nuts with batteries, and I'm like, never again, don't care, I'm going to be changing batteries at every stage of the game, um, and, and that's it. You know, Again, I'm telling you, don't fall into that trap. Uh, believe me, it's an awful experience. Luckily, I, I quickly switched my camera to RAW. Uh, change the ISO, use Noise Ninja uh, later on to fix the images, and it was perfect, it was fine. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's like anything in life. If you can learn from someone else's experience, uh, then you're already ahead of the game. Another is uh, kind of, not kind of, but you almost have to anticipate what's going to happen next. You know, everything, it, it, and I tell people, weddings are exactly the same every single wedding. It, believe me, after a few years, trust me, weddings get boring after a while because it's the same shit, different day. It's literally get to the bride's house, take photos of the shoes, take photos of the dress, take photos of her and her hair and makeup, um, so on and so forth. If they want some photos afterwards, that's cool, but I always try to push it till after the ceremony. Uh, take photos of the groom, uh, putting uh, vest on, jacket on, cufflinks, uh, jacket. Uh, if they want photos with some of the guys, if you have time, cool, we'll do that. Shoot over to the church, set up some, set up some lights, uh, shoot the ceremony, have the bride walking down the aisle, photos at the altar, um, uh, any candle ceremony that they have, uh, uh, bride's first kiss, uh, or bride and groom's first kiss, or even before that, the exchanging of the rings, uh, first kiss, and then the, everyone exits the church, you take photos of the entire bridal party and the family, then you get to the ceremony. It's, it's the same thing every time. So that's a good thing, though, because now you can anticipate what's going to happen next. So you're, you need to always anticipate what's going to happen next 
always jump the gun. Keep in mind that, you know, maybe half of my weddings, I kind of act as coordinator. Like, hey, Lewis, what time do you think I should be? I should get in my dress. And then you kind of just backtrack. Well, if the ceremony's at 4 and you need to be there at 4.30 uh, or at 4 and you need to be there at 3.30, then and we're 20 minutes away, then you want to try to be in your dress by 2. And, you know, you, you kind of backtrack uh, with the time frame and then you move forward and you just give them a heads up because it's their first wedding. And, you know, after a while and you have 50 weddings under your belt, you definitely have so much more experience with regard to how the timeline works uh, during a wedding. So you're the expert. So at some point, you know, just anticipate that they're going to be asking you uh, things like that. Now, lighting equipment. I'm, I'm really big on external lights now. I get to the church and I set up at least two lights and I make sure all my pocket wizards are working. I set that up. I always get to the church ahead of time, set that up, make sure I'm fine. Uh, so lighting equipment, make sure that everything's working make sure you have brand new batteries. If you're losing, if you're using, uh, external lights, make sure your pocket wizards or whatever triggers you're using, uh, have new batteries and that they're working and you're fine. Post-production, super important. Um, for some reason, in my area in New York, I kind of have this reputation of people getting images really quickly. My turnaround time is a week to 10 days, and I do that because this is all I do. I shoot a wedding Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Best bet, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm editing each wedding um, and then putting a CD in the mail, and off it goes. I don't want people to wait. Um, I get too many couples who I meet with, and they're like, oh, do you happen to know this wedding photographer, Lewis? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, they shot my cousin's wedding a year ago, and they still haven't gotten their photos. Uh, same, you know, different photographer shot my sister's wedding uh, eight months ago, and they haven't gotten their photos. So, Lewis, how long is it, is it going to take for me to get my photos? I'm like, 10 days. Max. And if you don't believe me, I'll give you the phone number to the last hundred brides whose weddings I covered. They'll all tell you the same thing, that they got their photos ridiculously fast. Um, that's a good thing, you know, but you also have to understand your post-production. Like, I batch a lot of things. I will go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll bring all of my photos into Lightroom. I will then go ahead and... You know, I, I raise some. I raise the contrast. I increase the sharpening. I um, usually hit auto white balance. Then I batch it all. So I hit the sync button, and it does the same thing to every photo. Now, once I'm done with that, which usually takes, you know, what? I don't know, fifteen minutes. Um, then I go over. Then I actually go through each and every photo. If I love it, you know, I overshoot. Now I probably shoot between. 15 and 2,000 photos per wedding, uh, but I, for the most part, delete anywhere between two and 350 photos. I don't fix photos. I delete them. I shoot so many photos, I don't need a bride to have a sequence of the same thing that happened and have what looks like six duplicate photos. So I'll look at them. I'm like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm going to keep two, delete these. Likewise, when I take photos of the groomsmen or the bridesmaids, you know, I'll take 10 photos of each girl. I don't give them 10 photos. I delete, if I took 10, I'll delete eight. I'll give them two or three of each girl. Uh, and that's how I boil down all of my photos. If a photo, 
you know, kind of is, it doesn't look good, I don't try to fix them. I delete them. Uh, so that's kind of the plus side of me overshooting a little bit. It's not 5,500 photos like my first wedding, but you get the idea. You know, you, you try to, you don't take one photo of the bride. You try to take, you know, five, six, seven photos, and then you give them three, uh, and, and that's it. And that's how you kind of wean everything down from 15, 1,800 photos down to, say, you know, 1,200 photos. You know, and, and, and then you burn a CD. You, you com I, I then go ahead and, and recompress uh, all the images. I shoot in JPEG. I do not shoot in RAW. I shot RAW for about two years. When I first started shooting weddings, I shot JPEG. Then I immediately started shooting in RAW for about two years. Uh, and I only shoot JPEG now. Um, it's not as forgiving. I, I can't even say it's not as forgiving. It's not forgiving, period. Uh, <laughs> you can't really... And that's probably why I overshoot also is... Unlike RAW, where you can fix most of any issue that you may have, I can't. So I kind of have to make sure that all of my equipment is always working 100% of the time. Because if not, they're going to come out. And not to say that I can't fall back on RAW, because I can and I have. Um, but I don't like to. You know, I like shooting JPEG. It's an easier post-process uh, uh, post for me on the back end. It, and when it's all said and done, people are happy when they get their photos a, a few days later. I actually shot this one wedding, and her friend, Christina, before she contacted me, contacted my bride and said, hey, uh, Luis Torres shot your wedding. You know, I've actually checked out his, his photos. I, I, like, I like how he shoots. But the big thing is she actually had an engagement shoot. She, was she actually had another photographer, you know, shoot. Do I want to, you know, she called him engagement slash just a, a couple session. Uh, and that photographer got her her photos about five months later. She wasn't happy with that, and that photographer is actually a wedding photographer also, but she wasn't thrilled on the fact that it took that long. So she contacted one of my brides and said, hey, you know, I love your, your wedding photos. I think they're awesome. Uh, how long did it take for you to get your photos? And I think it was like five days. So she's like, yeah, I got them about, you know, less than a week later. So, um, so you know, she called me said, hey, I called uh, Laura, and she said that uh, you got her photos really quick, told me the story about this other photographer, and I thought it was funny, uh, and she ended up hiring me. So when, when it's all said and done, little things like that actually do mean a lot. So just make sure you stay on top of that. And if you shot your first wedding already, then you probably know all the little tiny issues that you may have had, where there was low lighting conditions at a church, which always happens, so anticipate that right off the bat, which is why... At churches, I always use external lights. 100% of the time, always. Don't ask me if I shoot with a light. I always do. Um, and I do that just because I love the effect. But also, dude, it's hard when you're at a church and, you know, it almost looks like you're using 20% tint on your car. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so dark and... You know, it's rare that you have a, a, a that you walk into a church where the where it's just brightly lit. I mean, maybe in the last six years, maybe I've I've been to three churches that were beautifully lit and it was perfect, and I didn't have to use a flash. But for every church, aside from those three, I, I've always had to use a light. Um, if you have a Canon 5D Mark II and you have the ability to use 12,500 ISO and you don't mind the noise that, that it produces, or you're using Noise Ninja on the back end, 
whatever you're using, if you can fix that, then great. I don't want to do that. I don't want to process my images more than I have to. So for me, external lights, get it right the first time, done deal. Uh, I drag the shutter speed, so sometimes I shoot at 40th of a second. Be photos turn out beautifully. So, you know, that, that's a personal preference more than anything else. And, and I've learned my own lesson with uh, shooting a wedding without external lights, and I only shoot with them. So uh, another thing is, seriously, you have to practice. I don't care what you're doing what you're shooting, you have to practice. Um, if you haven't shot with on-camera flash, just know you're going to be using your on-camera flash. So no ifs, ands, or buts. No, oh, don't worry about it. I won't use my flash. I'll just use the highest ISO setting. You're going to walk away with garbage photos, and you're going to have a couple that are going to be super disappointed in you. And if they're disappointed, they're going to tell you that they're disappointed. You're going to be stressed out. You're going to tell yourself that uh, maybe you shouldn't go ahead and dive into the world of wedding photography. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, like anything else, it's like going into you know, a big exam when you were in school. If you don't study, you're going to run into an issue and you're going to sit back and say, oh, you know, maybe this isn't the, maybe I shouldn't go into, into pre-med because I didn't really do well in that exam. No, you would have done great if you had studied. And you know, wedding photography is exactly the same thing. One of my friends the other day just said, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a bartender and just walking into a bar and saying, hey, do you have any of, you know, do you need a bartender? And I'm just like, you have no bartending experience. How do you make a, how do you make a, a Bloody Mary? And she's like, I have no idea, dude. And I'm just like, I don't know. But why, why do you think that anyone would hire you if you don't even know how to make a Bloody Mary or a martini or, or anything? You know, study. You have to go ahead and research and, you know, learn your craft is really all I can say more than, you know, and that's what I will stress more than anything else. If you think that you can do well as a wedding photographer, then you make sure that you do not disappoint the couple that are giving you the opportunity to go ahead and shoot their wedding and, and start and practice. You know, I remember before my first wedding, I'm running around in my house with my flash on my camera, taking photos of my dog, taking photos of everything and anything, you know, a vase, uh, a pillow, a, a cup. It, to me, it didn't matter, but I needed to learn how light f would fall on someone. And, and then I'd take photos of my friends outdoors, in, indoors. It, to me, I just, I knew, like anything else, that I needed to practice. And it's not just because I want the couple to love their photos, but I need to know for myself that I can do this. But I also knew that the only way to do that is by practicing. So practice, practice, practice. If you don't, you're, all you're doing is just, you know, you're just, you're eventually going to be disappointed in your own work. You're going to have a couple that are going to be disappointed and you could potentially get sued uh, at the same time. And if it's free and I don't care what the circumstances are. Because I've had couples who are just like, well, it's free. You know, I told the couple that I'm fairly new and, you know, I've never captured a wedding, but they're still giving me the opportunity. That couple, they don't want shit photos. Trust me, they don't. Um, so you make sure that you do your best. You practice like an absolute freak on OCD. 
who just drank three Red Bulls and you just need to make sure that this is done and that's what's going to help you build your business. And I'm telling you, years from now, you're going to sit back and just say, that crazy guy, Lewis, was actually, he knew what he was talking about. Um, but it's only because I've been there. All right, everyone, you guys are absolutely amazing. The next podcast is going to be all about WPPI and my experience. And if you haven't been to Vegas for the, uh, for the largest wedding photography or photography convention in the U.S., then at some point, you better make sure you go and it'll be absolutely amazing. But everyone, thank you so much for listening to these crazy podcasts. You guys are the best. Thank you again. And as usual, I will talk to you guys soon.